Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Freedom of Species brings animal advocacy to the airwaves. It's a radio program dedicated to raising awareness of issues concerning animals. This includes advocacy, activism, protection, conservation and importantly appreciation. The show is broadcast from 3CR studios in Melbourne on 855am. And on the show today, I, we're going to be playing a talk by Bede Carmody, Sustainable Activism, How to Avoid Becoming Burnt Out as an Activist. And Bede runs the Animal Sanctuary, a poultry place, and he also works full-time for Amnesty International. So definitely is someone who very much has to be on top of activist burnout doing all that. I think a lot of us just doing either of those sounds like a lot. But uh, yeah, that manages to fit both those in and to give some of his tips on how, just generally how to avoid activist burnout so uh, thanks to sally for another great edition of out of the pan uh, challenging sexism transphobia etc in parliament uh, in pop culture in aged care and all these different areas definitely need to do better on all those issues if you miss that episode you can check out all the episodes of out of the pan at 3cr.org.au and you check out all the th- all the shows on 3cr there so playing Bede Carmody's talk, I am joined by my partner and sometimes co-host, Katie Hello. Batty. Thanks for coming in. Thanks for having me. And I am Nick Pendergrass hosting today. And so what we're going to do is we're going to play a bit Dr. of... Dr. Be- Nick Pendergrast, <laughs> as you love to be called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Especially, Especially when we fly on a plane and then they come over and they're like, you're a doctor, someone's <laughs> passed out. You're like, Katie. Not a useful doctor. Never put that on there again. <laughs> so, yeah, we're going to... But it is good because you did your PhD on animal rights activism. Mm. So you have some authority yeah i guess yeah uh so yeah we're going to have a bit of a discussion around this and we're going to play just a bit of beads talk so beads talk was about now we're just going to play a bit of it some tips for activist burnout and me and katie are going to discuss some of the other issues associated with activist burnout uh basically inspired by some of the points from beads talk as well as uh, from our own experiences as animal activists as well So I want to start off with um, defining activist burnout. So basically that is, uh, Bede defines this based on some literature, on experts in the field, etc., as involuntarily leaving or reducing your activism. Um, And yeah, I guess involuntarily we can step back. We've got other commitments, but this is when we kind of step back because we've maybe done too much. Um, And why it's important. Do you want to talk a bit about that, Katie, in terms of why it's important to talk about activist burnout? Yeah, definitely. I guess... Sometimes there can be this sense, especially in animal rights activism, but in other forms of activism as well, that you've just got to be giving like 110% all the time. Mm. And that if you Despite take... Despite the mathematical little exactly, possibility. If you take time out for yourself, that's selfish mm-hmm. and that you should just be giving everything. And I guess in some movements you might get people competing like, oh, I didn't even go and see the new like Ghostbusters movie because I was too mm. busy doing activism and yeah. protesting and and just this sense that that's not okay to... Like, taking care of yourself is somehow selfish. And I think mm. that, in fact, a lot of activists like myself, we kind of... We don't... We, we have to learn to put ourselves first and our own mental health and our own physical health. And we... Um, if anything, we give too much. Uh, and so we have to kind of learn about taking care of ourselves. Whereas I think... 
we're kind of socialized in like mainstream society just be like yeah just do whatever you want and like buy all the shit you want and uh you know sorry no swearing uh buy all the stuff you want and uh like you deserve it, you know, like you deserve to buy like, you know, $200 pairs of shoes and all this kind of stuff. People in activist scenes aren't really like that. And we, but we may give too much. And so something that I've definitely had to learn is about putting your own mental health first, your own physical health first, and that that matters because you're no good to anyone if you're completely burnt out. You can't actually help anyone. So it's better to have sustainable activism that you can keep doing it rather than get you know, do a year of really full-on activism and then be like, oh, I can't do this anymore and I'm just going to, you know, go back to my normal life and mm. buy crap and, like, mm. you know, not think about things because it's just too much. And that's definitely another thing. When we're dealing with such heavy issues and we realise how messed up the world is, that can be real, a real downer to think, like, like think the way things are with refugees or Indigenous rights in this country or with animals, like the billions of animals that are killed every single year and no one seems to care that can be a real downer so you need to create that space to like so you can just feel happy and not just get depressed Mm -hmm. and completely down about things yeah and i I think the yeah like going referring back to previous episodes we did an episode with madison griffiths talking about animal rights as a social justice issue and in this case like looking at different issues in this case like the human is a privilege issues the animals are the oppressed ones i have heard kind of critiques like we're talking all about the privileged group and kind of forgetting about the marginalized the oppressed group is non-human animals rather than humans um, but i really do think it is important even on this show we're an animal activist show to at least occasionally sort of check in with how the humans are going advocating for animals because otherwise otherwise uh, yeah a group i was involved with back in perth remember the person who ran that he was saying there's a lot of shooting stars so people <laughs> like really you know really full on for a little while and then they just fade away and that that's not good for animals basically if we have all these people doing a short amount of work so in terms of having a big movement advocating for animal animals for the marginalized group i really need to take care of ourselves and i think also viewing um mental health and sort of our own well-being as a important political issue as well i think is important uh in its own right too and something we need to take care of to take care of each other uh take care of ourselves take care of others in the movement and another point that bead made which i think is also worth on touching is is viewing activism in the broadest possible sense do you have anything to talk about that in terms of viewing this activist like you don't have to be doing one sure. particular tactic and I, yeah i guess that you know in the animal rights scene there's lots of things there's direct action there's uh vegan outreach there's using social media uh to promote causes there's giving talks there's doing research like you're doing there's doing you know radio shows podcasting uh just having conversations with people like so many people i know have gone vegan and that's not me meeting them being like you need to be a vegan but like they know they hear that i'm vegan they might ask some questions about it and then you know, a few months, a few years, whatever, they they go vegan. Um, all of that is activism. And uh, as well, you've got to think about people's physical limitations. So I've got chronic fatigue syndrome. I definitely can't go to as many marches as I used to. Uh, and with my own history of mental health, I couldn't be involved in direct action work, like duck, duck rescue work and um, going to slaughterhouses and stuff like that just would not, like it would just set me back so far that... I would be useless to the cause. So all of these things are important and are, are real activism. Mm. And whether that means that you, you know, for you, your kind of activism is doing positive 
like we we used to put on a festival in Perth, like positive things like that and like, you know, baking vegan goods and like handing them out to people, whether that's the best thing, the best use of you, uh, that's totally legitimate. It doesn't have to be a certain kind. And certainly I think direct action for some people, and it's a super kind of macho area, some people might be like, well, we're the real activists because that's what we're doing and risking our lives and, uh, you know, um, potentially facing prison time. But all of those things are legitimate. Yeah, and Bede defines activism as anyone trying to change the world. I think it is really important. And when we're giving this, um, yeah, or this episode and Bede's talk as well, both me and Katie and and Bede as well are giving this like to active anyone trying to make change for animals or any other issue. Um, so as Katie said, whether that's uh, baking vegan food and taking it into work and showing how tasty vegan food can be, whether it is direct action, whether it is marching, whether it is posting on social media and trying to change attitudes that way. And yeah, I think there is a lot of that idea of real activism and and sometimes people talking down maybe social media activism as like slacktivism but of mm. course you know people might have physical limitations uh certain kinds of disabilities etc which means marching is not an option for them for yeah, example they, and there's can have, other ways. they can have um people to care for at home you mm-hmm. know yeah they might have their non-human animals or children or elderly people and uh you know not everything is it's not a one size fits all kind of model. Yeah, exactly. And I think like beads in is what we need. We we need all of this stuff, um, not just one particular tactic. And yeah, I guess another reason why burnout is important. I mentioned mental health as a political issue before. So burnout is not a mental health issue in itself, but it definitely can lead to other mental health issues such as depression and anxiety. Um, so yeah, if anyone listening, whether it's related to activism or not, is having any issues in in that regard, you can see your doctor who, who could refer you to a psychologist or a psychiatrist uh, you can also call lifeline on one three one 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 four 13 11 14 okay yeah i think uh, that's the easiest way to say it and beyond blue is one three hundred two two four six three six as well and there are bulk billing psychologists out there as well so with mm-hmm. that referral from your doctors if you know financial stuff is an issue for you you can look into bulk billing psychologists Mm -hmm. And so we're going to, before we get into it, so basically after this track, we're going to talk a little bit about some signs of activist burnout, and then we're going to play Bede's talk, giving some advice on how to avoid activist burnout, and then me and Katie will give some advice as well based on our experience at the end if we have time. But we're going to get straight on to a song. So this is Get Better by Frank Turner, and this one is all about, I guess, uh, recovering or getting better after having uh, mental health issues or at least uh, tough times. Join me, Sally Goldner, the presenter of Out of the Pan, for a live broadcast on International Trans Day of Visibility at Hares and Hyenas on 31st of March 2019, organised by Transgender Victoria with 3CR. With co-host Mama Alto, we'll be moderating a live panel discussion about issues, experiences and intersections between and about trans people of colour. Get your tickets online at tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au. That's tdov2019.eventbrite.com.au. Or listen live to the discussion right here on 855am on digital and streaming online.
Make sure you check that out. Uh, Sally from Out of the Pan. And you're listening to Freedom of Species on 3CR. And we're dis- discussing sustainable activism, how to avoid becoming burnt out as an activist. We're going to play a little bit of Bede Carmody's talk on that topic in a moment. But before we go to that talk, which features tips for avoiding activist burnout, we want to have a bit of a discussion of a yeah, a burnout rating scale, which is something that Bede promotes in, in his talk that, yeah, I mean, this is something that I have shared on the Freedom of Species Facebook and Twitter pages if you're listening to it live. I'll also put it in the show notes at freedomofspecies.org if you're listening to this, like the version uploaded um, later on. Um, But either way, um, we're actually going to read through it for anyone who wants to yeah, kind of do this as as we're reading through it. You can actually do the, as you listen to this, you can actually do the the um, survey yourself. Get your pen and paper. Exactly, pen and paper or phone or laptop or whatever. Uh, and if, if you can't or don't want to do it, it, basically if you're experiencing a lot of these things often or very often, then you may be uh, needing to sort of uh, reevaluate your activism. Uh, this is by Katrina Shields from Social Change Training. And this is something that Bede recommends doing every three months to kind of check in how you're going as an activist. So, yeah, basically think over the past three months and score the following questions according to how often you have experienced these symptoms. And also, again, sort of in terms of taking care of each other in social movements, also think of uh, do you know anyone who, who you know, is, is experiencing a lot of these symptoms as well? And you can sort of help them out to sort of think about where they want to cut back or seek mental health help or whatever the case may be. Uh, so basically with each of these questions, you're going to give a score from zero is never, one very rarely, two rarely, three sometimes, four often, and five very often. So basically a scale from zero to five with zero being never and five very often, and then add up your total score at the end. So we'll start off with the first question. You go over that one, Katie? Sure. So do you feel fatigued in a way that does that rest or sleep does not relieve? Do you feel more cynical, pessimistic, or disillusioned about things you used to feel positive about? Give people time to write that down. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you feel a sadness or an emptiness inside? So zero to five, zero, never five very often. Do you have physical symptoms of stress, e.g. insomnia, stomach pains, headaches, migraines? Is your memory unreliable? And again, for each of these questions, so zero, never, one, very rarely, two, rarely, three, sometimes, four, often, and five, very often. Uh, Number six is, are you irritable or emotional with a short fuse? Have you been more susceptible to illness lately, e.g. colds, flu, food allergies, hay fever? Uh, do you feel like isolating yourself from colleagues, friends, or family? And just disclaimer, Bede mentioned this in in, the, in his talk that, you know, is it a change? Because some people are more introverted and like time to themselves. So it's more, I guess, if you're someone who wasn't like that and then you become more mm. like that, rather like a change. More in than usual. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. yep. Is it hard to enjoy yourself, have fun, relax, and experience joy in your life? And do you feel that you're accomplishing less in your work? So that is the 10 questions. I don't know if anyone's been doing it as we've gone, but either way, you can check, check out the link in all those places I mentioned and then add up your score. So if you got 0 to 15, you are doing well. So I guess that's an average of 1.5. So again, you're sort of never or very rarely experiencing these things. If you're 16 to 25, which I guess is an average of like 1.6, 2.5, so you're sort of somewhere in the sort of rarely sort of area, maybe going into sometimes for some of them, um, some attention is needed. You may be a candidate. You may be sort of approaching burnout 
Um, 26 to 35, if you got 26 to 35 in that survey, you're on the road to burnout, make changes now. Uh, so again, that might be something like cutting back on your activism, trying to do less and, and take care of yourself as well. Um, and 36 to 50, so that's someone who's having you know, a lot of these things either often or very often, you need to take action immediately. Your health and well-being are threatened. So, so you might want to call Lifeline, yep. 13, 11, 14. Mm -hmm. uh, a lot of those services, if you don't feel like picking up the phone, which can be a bit overwhelming, they have web chat as well now. Mm -hmm. um, go to your GP mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, maybe you need some time in hospital. There's nothing like wrong I, I spent time in hospital when I've had severe depression and that's just can be like a really good thing for, for some people to just take some time out and, and be somewhere that you feel safe so um yeah definitely like you know as Nick said he'll put this up in the freedom of species Facebook page so you can have a look at that later if you want to if you don't have time to do it but you yep. want to have a look at it Yep, we encourage you to do that. And so, yeah, we've basically covered what activist burnout is and also some signs. Again, you can use those signs to spot in yourself and also other activists in, in the movement or any kind of social movement. Uh, and we're going to get into, yeah, playing the last part of Bede's talk, perhaps the most important, which is actually tips for avoiding activist burnout. So this is Bede Carmody. And as I mentioned at the start, he runs an animal sanctuary, like mainly by himself with some help, but he's the main one. And he also works full time for Amnesty International. So how do we avoid burnout? The one thing I always say to people is, um, even though we're usually campaigning on stuff that might be a bit um, shocking, a bit frightening, a bit confronting for us, um, I always say activism has to be fun. It has to be something you enjoy doing. Um, me, for example, um, I usually, or when I have to come into my office here in Canberra, um, I try to catch the bus in. And every time I'm out in public, um, I wear an animal rights t-shirt. And it's just that simple action. I always sit down the back of the bus, so every morning, or whenever I'm on the bus, I walk, get on the bus, I walk down the bus, and I know that there's gonna be a couple of people who will actually read the t-shirt, and it's gonna make them think. And so, you know, I start the day thinking I've, I've ha already had some kind of um, impact on people. Uh, and I, I was um, quite flattered a few years ago when um, one of the younger people who is a regular on the bus came up to me at the bus stop and complimented me on my T-shirts. Um, a few months ago, he actually spoke to me again at the bus stop and him and his girlfriend uh, have both stopped eating um, most, most animal products. They're still doing the whole dairy cheese thing, but they're definitely on the way. Um, and he said that that's something he hadn't really considered um, but, you know, seeing my T-shirts and he started, you know, looking at stuff and uh, his girlfriend had made the switch to being a vegetarian um, quite a while back and he was always, you know, not quite sure. Um, you know, he'd grown up in a country town and hadn't been exposed to that kind of stuff. Um, you know, so um, that, that to me was kind of, yeah, you know, that's, that's, that's fun, that's a win. Um, it should be something rewarding and encouraging. Um, again, you know, people. When I say that, people look at me thinking, "What are you talking about?" Um, you know, because it's always it's it's hard to have those little moments. Um, but if you if you look back on your activist um, experiences, there will be those little wins. Yeah, it might not seem like it's something big, but it's those little wins. Um, and you know, you you look back on people who have been involved in 
movements for decades um, and how quickly things have changed. They're little wins for them. And one of the uh, recommendations um, that I encourage, uh, and it's based on other people's work, is you keep a record of all those little wins. Because by keeping a record of all those little wins, when you are feeling low, you go back and you reflect on, yeah, but you know, we failed here, but we've done this, this and this over the years as well. Um, and, and record how you're feeling in those moments. Um, like, you know, all those people who um, have worked on the greyhound issue, um, for example, you know, how would have they felt when they first heard that news? You know, that moment, that's what you want to capture so that when you have those down moments, you go back to thinking about how you felt to try to, you know, make, make yourself feel better and keep, keep, the, keep the fire in the belly so you can keep uh, campaigning. Um, and as I've said, or tried to emphasise before, um, activism should be something you want to do, not something you feel forced to do. Um, and this is um, particularly with um, animal rights stuff um, and, and, and veganism. Um, this is where it really does um, have, have an impact on people because um, you can't force someone to make a change if they're not doing it. Um, so the best way to do um, is not to be aggressive towards people, which is really hard. It's really hard. Particularly, I've noticed it with people, um, it's usually in that first six months when they change. I mean, um, I'm, I'm of that generation that um, when I stopped eating animals, I went the vegetarian, then vegan path. Um, a lot of people nowadays, because it's that much easier and simpler and we know a lot more, go from being meat eaters to being vegan. They make that big leap. Um, and that, they get frustrated by the people who are still there in that middle ground. Um, and that's one of the areas that, um, you know, that, 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 that's one of the areas that you need to be wary of because, you know, um, you can't force people to make a change if they're not willing to make it. Like, if they're halfway there, it's kind of you need to encourage them rather than force them to do. Um, and that's where, you know, um, it has to be something you want to do rather than something you feel you have to do. Um, because then you end up with people who, you know, they just say it's all too hard and they go back to their old ways. <coughs> so, how do we avoid burnout? Um, what are some of the tools that we can um, utilise? So, I mentioned resilience before, um, and there's another um, topic that you may have heard uh, people mention called mindfulness. Um, now, these two topics are, you know, workshops in themselves. Um, I'm just going to touch very quickly on those two issues. Um, I'm assuming everyone in the room has, has at least heard of both those terms. Some of you may have done workshops through um, work, particularly with mindfulness. It's um, one of those kind of real um, uh, trendy terms uh, that people do um, and talk about, particularly in kind of corporate um, situations. Um, so building resilience. Um, resilience is the... Um, ability to bounce back after setbacks. And I think if we went around the room, everyone could you know, easily rattle off five or six um, situations they've had with their activism where it's kind of, okay, this is it, we're, we're, we're getting nowhere, you know, and, and starting to think about, you know, well, is the battle worth it? Um, so what resilience does, it involves maintaining flexibility um, and balance 
in your life. So um, resilience is that ability to, to kind of say, yep, okay, that didn't work properly today, but we've learned something from it. Um, and it's, uh, resilience is something uh, that all sustainable activists need because um, it's that, that, that perseverance, it's, it's you know, the persistency that you're going to go back regardless of, you know, you had a, you had a crazy day today um, because of the weather and you were at a festival, which was an outdoor festival. So, you know, we hardly spoke to anyone. Well, you know, you can't, you can't blame yourselves because of the weather conditions. Um, so resilience is that ability to actually um, see something, something good out of, um, you know, something that normally you'd view as being really bad. And that's it in its most basic form. Um, resilient people, if I went around the room um, and asked everyone um, how resilient do they think they are, we'd get a very big range of topics given how many of us there are in the room. But some general characteristics, uh, um, they're usually optimistic and, and positive. Uh, they accept responsibilities for how they're feeling and they also don't shy away from their actions. Now that doesn't mean that they uh, you know, uh, I, I, are always right, but it means that they accept the decisions they make. Um, resilient people are usually the people who want to get things done. You know, they're the doers. Uh, they're, they're usually the people who, um, you know, it might take them a little while to get comfortable in a group of people, but you know, they're the people who will, you know, when they say they're going to do something, they will do something. Um, and that's what we all want to be as sustainable activists. So that's when you start measuring about, okay, like your example, Kirsten, about how you know you were doing this campaign. I'll only get through this campaign, and then something else comes up, and something like that. Uh, you know, a resilient person might say, "Yep, yeah, I'm going to do this campaign. Then I'm going to go up to the Gold Coast for two weeks and just sit on a beach and not look at you know social media." Not you know, read trashy novels, you know, rather than you know scientific papers, um, you know, and stuff like that. So, so that's how a resilient person would react to something like that. Um, and they see problems as challenges. So going back to kind of you know all those hurdles that come up, um, you know, they're challenges rather than barriers. So the easiest way for all of us to start practicing resilience is positive self-talk. So we all, we all probably go through this um, and have gone through this uh, in our activist life and also in our general life. Um, you know? So it's, it's just changing the way we look at things. So rather than saying, well, that was a waste of time, you know, we look at it saying, so what did we learn from this? You know, how do we improve next time? Um, you know, rather than saying, why does this always happen to me? You know, it's, it's okay, except that it's okay to get frustrated you know, and, and move on, you know, and learn the lessons. Um, you know, and not taking things personally, uh, rather than, you know, no one listens to me. You know, and we've all, I, I, yeah, we, I, I guarantee that we've all been in situations like this before. So working on resilience is just changing the attitude. Um, as I said, resilience is something that you can actually do a lot more um, in-depth, um, in-depth, um, investigation into and it's something that um, it won't happen overnight you need to practice it um, which brings me to the next topic as well which is mindfulness which is another uh, 
um, it's another attitude that uh, we need to um, work on gradually because it's not going to happen overnight. So mindfulness is achieving uh, by focusing one's awareness on the present moment while calmly acknowledging and accepting your feelings, your thoughts and your bodily sensations. Going back to what I was talking about with the physical impacts that um, burnout can have on you, you know, the back aches, the headaches, you know, that's that physical feeling, you know, those sensations, what's causing that tension. So we don't have time to do this now, but um, what I'm circulating, um, it's a two-sided um, idea, and some of you have probably done this in other workshops, um, about how to practice mindfulness, and it's a simple breathing exercise. So the idea is, with mindfulness, what you want to do is get yourself into a, a headspace where you don't think about the external world. So that's two versions of the breathing exercise which some of you, I'm, I'm thinking, have done at some time in your life. And again, it's something that will take a bit of getting used to if it's new to you. I remember the first time I was sitting in a, a, um, in a meeting with some of my work colleagues and one of my colleagues got up and started talking about this whole concept of mindfulness and did this breathing thing. And I actually thought, oh, what's she been on? Uh, because it just, seemed, it just seemed kind of, oh my God, you've got to be kidding me. Um, and um, the breathing exercise is something that if you work on it, and as I said, there's two different versions of that. Um, so again, as I said earlier, yeah, pick and choose what works for you um, and practice it. Because by practicing it, um, and, and, and mindfulness is something that you can do, uh, you know, you could be sitting on a bus and you could be, you know, practicing mindfulness, um, completely shutting off. It's the ability to completely shut off um, from all those external things because that will help improve how you perceive things when you come back into the real world, if you know what I mean. Um, now, again, I apologise for just um, touching on those two topics, but... Um, they're two, um, two of the easiest um, changes you can make that will actually then be a reward for you as uh, becoming a sustainable activist. So what we're going to do now is just quickly run through a couple of tips for being a sustainable activist. Again, this is according to the world of BEAD um, and, and what I've observed. Um, it's not, you know, some of it may work for you, some of it uh, might not work for you. Um, so being reasonable about your times and abilities uh, and also others. You know, so just because Kirsten might be willing to, and I'm picking on you because you're in my line of sight, uh, just because Kirsten might be willing to work you know, 23 hours a day on a campaign, Elizabeth might you know, have other commitments that she wants to maintain you know, uh, because she, she's in a band and she's also doing a, a, a ceramics course. That, yeah, that's how she spends her time. So Kirsten should not make, be making Elizabeth feel that she's anything less of an activist because she won't give up her time. Um, maintaining your health, that's a really important one. Um, and uh, I know a lot of people think, you know, vegans are usually healthy people, but there's been so many people that I've seen, uh, this is their number one downfall, that they don't look after themselves, you know. Um, Stress again and again and again, it's okay to take time out. You don't have to do everything. No one can be an expert because, again, most of us are volunteers and we're doing this in our spare time. Uh, so we have to manage that, particularly if you've got family and other commitments. 
Um, it's not all about sacrifice. I mentioned that before. Um, making sure you have a circle of support. I mentioned how my colleagues and I, we have the buddy system. Um, hopefully, you know, everyone came to this conference um, with a friend today or you, you know someone. Those of you who are hanging around for the Living Green Festival on Sunday, another great opportunity to meet a lot of like-minded people uh, you know, from interstate or locally uh, that you can connect with. Um, you've obviously got something in common, uh, so, you know, it could be the start of something. Um, and I don't mean that in any more than <laughs> whatever way you want to take it. Um, you don't have to be an expert on everything, um, which, you know, no one can be. No one can be. Um, finding positives in every experience, um, setting boundaries, pacing yourself. Um, this is all ground that we've hopefully touched on and hopefully I've, I've been able to get you um, thinking about. Taking breaks from activism. Um, people say to me, you know, how do I manage to do, do it? And I, you know, will admit that sometimes I find it a bit hard, um, particularly in the current situation where my property is just, you know, it's almost dry and then it rains again and there's mud everywhere. It's kind of, well, how do I, you know, what am I going to do? Um, so, you know, I'm looking at kind of, okay, well, when there's going to be a couple of sunny days, you know, I'm going to just have to say, sorry, even if I'm supposed to be working, I'm going to have to use that time to actually do some tidying up at my place. Um, what else have we got? Recording your activism. I mentioned that about keeping a journal, keeping a record of what, of those little wins, and also how you're feeling with the defeats as well. Because when you go back and look at that, that will help you, particularly if you're in a particular low situation, and um, how you know how you recovered from that. That will help you next time, and hopefully it will help you that next time you're in that low period it won't be as low as the previous one because you've learned, you've, you've adapted some ideas and you um, have learned that. The idea of switching off. And uh, for me, since I've been on social media, the big, big, big no-no I say to people is don't, don't, don't type back at someone who... And I've, I say it time and time again to people and so many people just can't help themselves. Seriously, it's the number one, number one contributor, I think, to people, you know, getting burnt out and walking away. Um, you know, they're anonymous people, you know. Most of these people, you know, on keyboards, that's all they do. And they're just looking for fodder. Um, so seriously, don't, you know. I, I'm, I'm very um, fair on the Sanctuary page. I don't let anyone uh, post stuff. Uh, they can comment on it if I don't like a comment. I delete it and I block them. That's just the way I am. And it's not that I don't believe in freedom of speech, it's just kind of, no, you know, this is my platform, it's not everyone's platform. Um, so where to from here? Um, hopefully I've introduced some concepts that are new to you. Um, the, um, the little survey you did earlier, um, a lot of you, that was new to you, so that's a tool you've already got. Um, what I've got now is lots of little resources. Um, yep. Some ideas that you can have. Um, what I'm going to do is just pass these around. Um, I think that's it. We might go into a misty stuff. Uh, yeah, so these are the suggested texts and stuff. Um, questions? 
You just listened to Bead Carmody's talk, Sustainable Activism, How to Avoid Becoming Burnt Out as an Activist. And that was just the final part of Bead's talk. The whole talk was about an hour. And you can hear the whole thing. I'll link to that in the notes at freedomofspecies.org when the episode is up there. And also the description of the... Um, sorry, I, the the full talk is going to be up there on Freedom of Species uh, in the notes, a link to that. And also, if you click on that link to the full talk, you can see all of those resources that he mentioned. So there's websites, mindfulness exercises, all that uh, kind of stuff is up there in the notes. Uh, that talk was from a critical Institute for Critical Animal Studies Oceana Conference. Um, I've linked to ICAS in the Facebook and Twitter posts for this show, as well as in the notes of freedomofspecies.org. And finally, a poultry place, the animal sanctuary that Bede runs. You can search that on Facebook, um, see the link in our, uh, our social media posts, and also put a link to that at freedomofspecies.org in the notes for this episode. So we're going to play a track and then me and Katie are going to finish up with some brief further advice based on our own experiences as activists to finish things up. But first we're going to play um, a track which I think is quite on point. This is uh, Time to Relax by Carla. This ain't a song, it's more like a note to self. A reminder to me that I need balance Cause I'm always working, planning projects and prepping Stressing over the state of this world and how we affect it This is part of the gift, the energy that I'm blessed with But if you overuse them then you will blunt your own weapons However much you train, muscles only grow when you're resting Yet I don't make enough time to stop and pause for reflection Go and check my mum, talk about nothing much On a sunny day, sit in the park This is David Rovix and you are tuned to 3CR, 8.55am Melbourne, Australia. Step three is finding there's a tactic when everyone believes it could be true. That if all the people work collectively, there just might be something we can do and everything can change. You're listening to Freedom of Species, bringing you animal advocacy on the airwaves of 3CR. And we've been discussing um, tips for avoiding activist burnout, trying, trying to be a more sustainable activist. Uh, we've played a talk from Bead Carmody, and we're going to finish up with some of our own tips on avoiding activist burnout. Just before we get to that, I wanted to give a quick plug for an event coming up in Melbourne. So this is the Melbourne March to Close All Slaughterhouses. It's coming up in a while, but it's something to note in your diary. Saturday, 6th of April 2019 from 11am till 3pm in the Melbourne CBD. Exact location is to be announced, but note that in your diary. And yeah, I've shared the Facebook event page on Freedom of Speech. Facebook and Twitter. You can also just search that on Facebook. I think it's just Melbourne March to close all sort of houses on Facebook. So make a note of that. Um, but yeah, we're going to finish up by discussing some uh, some of our own tips. Uh, anything you'd like to add to Beads Points, Katie? Sure. I, I've become something of an expert in self-care after spending a lot of time doing a lot of activism and being burnt out, working two jobs, um, volunteering with an organisation um, quite heavily and um, doing a law degree full-time. So definitely, as well as extracurriculars for my law degree. So definitely got to that point where I needed to learn about self-care and I'd never put myself first. I was always putting others first. So that was a really important lesson for me. So um, so I, I mentioned earlier in the podcast that I've got chronic fatigue syndrome and um, a history of mental health issues. So I definitely have been um, working on my box of self-care tips for that time. Um, I'm going to talk about little things that help, but I think the most important thing 
uh, if you are meant, like experiencing mental health crises to get support. So for me, you know, I started therapy at the age of 16. That made a massive difference. And also going on some antidepressant medications. Uh, I think that medication, especially in like uh, alternative scenes, can be uh, kind of downplayed or even told people can be told it's harmful. For some people like me, it's life-saving and really important uh, and can be amazing for depression and anxiety. So lots of therapy and medication. But the other smaller things that would be more day-to-day things would be um, there's really good relaxation videos on YouTube and you might have heard of ASMR, which is Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response, so ASMR, but you can also just search relaxation videos on YouTube. So these are videos where someone um, might do a role play as like, you know, a concerned best friend or they're just um, pretending to give you a massage saying things like you do your best and everyone knows that and just take this time to relax. And for me, those can really help and be as effective as a Xanax. So they're amazing. I recommend um, Gentle Whisperer uh, or is it gentle whispering? Anyway, it's the most popular YouTuber um, who does ASMR. Uh, vegan comfort food, emphasizing the word vegan there, of course, being an animal rights podcast, a radio show. So it's funny because some people uh, would say, oh, you know, I I forgive myself for like eating animal products because I needed like it was comfort food. And I was like, well, there's so much vegan comfort food that you can have, especially living in Melbourne. You don't have to make it yourself. You can just get Lord of the Fries. You can get mac and cheese, amazing stuff. But, you know, you can also make it yourself. So vegan comfort food, definitely for me, especially when I'm really fatigued, I can't actually get out and do, I can't go out and get a massage. I can't go out and go to a movie. So for me, eating can be really important. Um, massage so if you have the energy to go out and get a massage or if you have a wonderful partner like I do who will give you one for free that you know, he doesn't charge me anymore um massage is really really good especially if you have um yeah chronic kind of pain or with fatigue you get lots of aches so that can be important to have massage um along with some magnesium can be really good for sore muscles. Um, I also love taking baths. So having a nice hot bath or sometimes I'm too tired for a bath, just putting a wheat bag on your shoulders that you heat up in the microwave. Um, So Bede mentioned mindfulness on his talk and mindfulness has been another big thing along with therapy and medication. Mindfulness has been one of the most important things for me. So I did a course in mindfulness that was run by a psychologist and that really got me into it. Um, They give you a CD and a book, uh, but you can also, there's a lot of free mindfulness apps out there. I think Headspace is one of the most common ones. I'm not that into Headspace. I prefer to uh, listen to the CD by Mark Williams on Spotify, um, which is the CD we were given in our course. So there's there's um, there's moving meditations on there, like yoga stretch ones. If, you're, if you find sitting still a bit difficult, there's sitting ones, there's lying down ones, body scans. Um, I always fall asleep with the lying down ones. I prefer sitting up or doing a yoga one, but Mindfulness is amazing. It makes your mind really sharp and really focused and really able to deal with stressful situations or even just your own thoughts and own kind of self-talk, negative self-talk about 
you know, coming back to your breath and being like, okay, this thought that I'm having that I'm not good enough, um, that all that is is just synapses in my brain moving around. That doesn't mean it's true. There's just things that I'm thinking. Uh, comedy podcasts also help a lot for me. And when I'm really fatigued, I can't sit up and watch TV. Or if I have bad headaches, I can't um, watch screens. So comedy podcasts, um, I listen over and over again to the Ricky Gervais podcast. I will say there's a couple of problematic jokes within it's, – it's hours and hours of podcast, but there's a couple of problematic jokes in there about trans issues. Um, but uh, those podcasts are hilarious. I'm also listening to the Gilmore Guys podcast a lot. They're pretty funny. Um, and alongside that with audio – audiobooks are really good for me. If I'm a bit brain dead, I don't want a new audiobook. I want something that I've already listened to. So it's not new content that I'm uh, having to take in, but something that I I know is comforting. So I re-listen to the Harry Potter audiobooks a lot or the Hunger Games audiobooks, although they they can be quite full on, but uh, like I know the content, I know what's coming. Sometimes if you're listening to an audiobook and you don't know what's coming, then there's a really disturbing scene can kind of throw you out. Um, So audiobooks that you find comforting that um audible is an app that i often use because uh they've got a whole bunch of audiobooks on there and then just escapist tv dvds movies just stuff that isn't going to i feel like a lot of tv that people watch these days can be super stressful and not even that like i can't watch anything that's about family violence because i get enough of that kind of into my job so for me, it's just stuff that's really escapist and different. Um, and I, I like, like, what have I watching lately? Veronica Mars. I just got into Veronica Mars, which I know is an old thing, but it's an oldie but a goodie. Um, yeah, so those are all my tips. All right. And I'll give two or one or possibly two tips. So the first tip I wanted to give is always doing activism out of like excitement rather than obligation. I I know um, I've had people like, I'm so stressed about teaching, but I really should go along to that event because I support the cause. And I think that's the point where it's like, I I don't have the energy to go, but I should go for the cause. That's the point where you really need to step away and wait until you're, I'm really excited to go around. I really want to go to this event. So going to it like, because you want to, and just because you don't want to go, that doesn't mean you don't support the cause. It's like, we can't go to everything. Um, If we're animal activists, there's so much, happening in that space if we're animal activists but also human and environment there's like an infinite number of events we go to we support all of them or a lot of them uh, and we can't go to all of them but you know, reserve your energy for the ones you really want to go along i think when we go along to things out of obligation that's when burnout is going to kick in whether it's right away or down the track whatever the case may be as well so um yeah maybe i'll just um maybe i'll just finish i guess um one more point which is kind of a a related point i guess on infighting in social movements and i remember having an experience of infighting in in perth and you know everyone was really stressed about it and then katie was listening to um ricky gervais podcast which she mentioned Mm. and just me thinking like Ricky Gervais or Carl Pilkinson or said like they don't know what's going on. They don't care. And just mm. sort of stepping out like these debates and issues within the movement are important, but kind of stepping back and going, well, there's there's a world going on outside of this as well and sort of stepping back where I think can mm. be quite well, it was quite useful to me. Go, yeah, it is important, but at the same time, like yeah, everything's going on and sort of stepping back from that as well, trying not to get um, yeah, too, too deep in too it. Deep in what it, yeah. Bede was saying about social media, I think it's so true. Like I hardly use social media and I mm. think it, it definitely can be really important, really useful for activism. And I basically just, you know, I have a Facebook account that I use to keep in touch with friends via Messenger or uh, 
to like keep up with events, but I don't go on there and just browse the feed and see what everyone else is doing. And um, definitely thing you said about replying to comments. Like mm-hmm. I posted um, a song about abortion by uh, War on Women mm-hmm. recently. And then one, um, yeah, especially if you have family on Facebook, my cousin um, then went on this whole thing about how can you be vegan and pro-choice? And I was kind of like, how can you be pro-life and eat dead animals all the time so anyway that just infuriated me and so um i was just like okay i've made my point i'm not going to reply anymore i'm just going to leave that alone and seriously if, if if it gets too much just block people like like feed was saying like it's just not worth your time and i have i've had a lot of activist friends come up to me and be like you know get into this argument online it's just like no step away yeah so we are out of time we better wrap it up there so thanks to katie for coming in and making it not be a monologue by me thanks for all your thoughts on that uh, and experiences um so a reminder you can tune into the show every sunday 1 till 2 p.m 855 a.m or via 3cr.org.au you can hear all our old episodes at freedomofspecies.org as well as on itunes you can contact us info at freedomofspecies.org search us on facebook follow us on twitter at at fos radio make sure you stay tuned to end psychedelia lots of important discussion around uh, drugs and harm minimization evidence uh, evidence-based approach to uh, drug policy pill testing at festival all these sort of topical issues around drugs so it's always worth worth listening into we're going to finish up with a track uh, all your bases by soul and that touches on mental health issues amongst other issues as well um speaking of mental health issues, not mental health but like burnout and stuff i've probably been doing the show a bit too much so i'm going to take a few weeks off myself good um, for you nick but uh you yeah. practice what you preach yeah exactly being aware of this but yeah we're hearing from adam and kate and the show will definitely go on every sunday 1 to 2 p.m and i'll see you in a few weeks but uh tune in next week that's the way we set things up we have to find our own answers our own way out of the wilderness Not a nice little sunny path all laid out in front of us in the that's what i'm trying to do I'm trying to find my way You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.